Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I won't be mad how fast she's moving on. But if her smile means that he's doing all the things I didn't do. Well, the truth is I would be over me too. And that's a bit of the brand new single from my guest, Tyler Joe Miller. The song is called I Would Be Over Me Too, and it's the follow-up to his debut number one single, Pillow Talking, a song that we all love, and we're so happy to see it hit the top of the charts. And he is with MDM Recordings, and back in October of 2019, he was awarded the Ray McCauley Horizon Award from the British Columbia Country Music Association Awards, and he is from Surrey, B.C. My pleasure now to welcome Tyler Joe Miller. How are you, buddy? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. Yeah, how about you, Dave? I'm doing just wonderful. Had you on the live stream recently, uh, which was great to have you there performing your songs acoustically. You did Pillow Talking and the new single as well on the show. Yeah, thanks. That was a blast. Absolutely, yeah. So much fun. I'm looking forward to getting into the brand new single that is out now. Uh, It must feel great, but at the same time, a bit of stress um, coming off of a number one song, and it's your debut single, I need to emphasize. The first song you sent to radio uh, hit number one, and now you're following it up. Uh, How does that feel? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I guess it's a little nerve-wracking, but uh, I'm kind of trying to treat it like like this is another first song. You know, it's it's uh, it's a little daunting if, if we go into it thinking, you know, how are we going to follow up another number one? Who knows where this song's going to go? Uh, it's This song actually kind of, it feels brand new to me because... Uh, I wasn't a writer on Pillow Talking. I am one of the writers on this song. So it, it feels like a brand new experience for me. Yeah, it's, it's now when I hear it on the radio, it's, it's a song that I wrote on the radio, not just one that I sang on. And I love this song because it's got a real, what I'm hearing in it is a 90s feel. And I know that you are inspired by that sound in that era. And I'm really hearing that influence on this song. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, 90s country is what I grew up listening to uh, out of my cabin and, and uh my family always listened to it, and so those were the songs that uh, that I always just kind of knew the lyrics, and I always knew the songs, and and uh, yeah, and so when we got in the studio to to, uh, to record a couple singles, um, you know, songs have different vibes and different feels, but my overall, I think, vibe that, that I have as an artist is probably more the 90s country, because it's sort of just in my DNA and what I grew up on, so... Uh, yeah, I'm excited that this one kind of pulls more of that out. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, I love that kind of vibe, love that kind of style. And uh, yeah, so this song just seemed like a perfect one to pull that out on. Beautiful. We'll get to the song in just a bit here. We're, we're also going to hear Pillow Talking and talk more about that. Um, and we've talked about this before on the, on the live stream. Back in October of 2019, you won 
the Ray McCauley Horizon Award, and that was at the British Columbia Country Music Association Awards. It's, it's the Horizon Award, so it's you know a kind of about a promising career at the start and all this great stuff. What was it like to receive that award? Because you were saying, Tyler, at that point, you didn't really have anything recorded out on the market. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of one of those... Uh, what the hell is going on kind of moments. <laughs> but I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was pretty cool because, yeah, I mean, I actually, I wasn't expecting to to win it at all. I was, I was stoked that I was nominated for that, but I was sort of one of the only ones that, that didn't really have a song out. And um, it's, at first it was like, can I even be nominated for this? <laughs> like, is this, is this allowed? <laughs> But uh, but it was really cool. I was kind of speechless going up because I didn't prepare anything because I legit did not think that I was gonna get that award. But um, it really uh, it really showed me the true support of the country community. Where I think that that uh, you know I played for so many of the artists when I used to just be a utility musician um, before doing my own thing as my own artist. And I played for so many of the artists and I've become friends and close and, and family with some of these, uh, these people in this whole community where I think that they saw potential in me, even something that maybe I didn't see. And they were able to help push that forward and support it before I even had a song out. And so uh, I think that's just the heartbeat of the country community is, is help lifting each other up and pushing each other forward in, in you know, each and every one of our uh, careers and, and just uh, our dreams and stuff in that way. So I thought it was really cool. And a bit later that year in 2019, you were signed to MDM Recordings, which uh, is founded by Mike Denny. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting way how things happen, but um, yeah, it, it it sort of actually happened through a video that. I put on Facebook and it was a cover video and uh, it was with a friend of mine, uh, Kristen Carter, who's obviously just killing it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Signed a steelhead in Vancouver here. And um, yeah, we, you know, I'd played a show with her, uh, you know, I think I played guitar or something like that for one time. And, and we, uh, we got to doing this Christmas video. Actually, we just did threw out a, a video of Oh Holy Night. And people started commenting and going crazy about it. Go, oh man, you guys sound good together. And so one day we uh, randomly just decided to do another duet. And so we did an Ed Sheeran and Beyonce cover of the song Perfect. And we just threw that on Facebook, uh, just kind of seeing where it'd go and, you know, if people would like it or not. And and it kind of blew up and, and the word got around a little bit. And I wasn't really even doing my own thing yet. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with country music and, um, yeah, and then all of a sudden, I think the word was Bobby Wills had also seen it and sent it over to Mike and was like, hey, you got to listen to this kid. And then Mitch Merritt also got word of it and, uh, and yeah, ended up uh, sending it over to Mike as well. And they sort of went, all right, look into this kid. And so uh, I got an email from Mitch going, <laughs> hey, this is Mitch from MDM Recordings and, you know, we should grab a coffee. And I kind of went, well, I know exactly who you are, and this is weird. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we grabbed coffee, and, and we got talking just about music and, and what I wanted to do with it and all that stuff. And he kind of got a bit more of an idea of what my style was, uh, which is sort of more of what you see is what you get, sort of 
you know, I, I do no wardrobe changes or <laughs> whatnot. I'm, I'm the same person on stage as I am off stage, and that's not going to change. And so I think he kind of liked that about me and about what I was doing. So, uh, yeah, and then he eventually saw me play a show um, at uh, the Roxy here in Vancouver, a live venue. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and we got in a studio, and I showed him a few songs I had written. And uh, they sent it over to Mike, and yeah, one thing led to another, and, and ended up, um, yeah, they ended up offering me a record contract, which was crazy, <laughs> and uh, it felt it felt sort of like uh, felt like the music was chasing me in that way, and so I was like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say no to any of this, and I'm gonna see where this takes me. And you mentioned the authenticity, you know, you are who you are on stage and off stage and that is a great quality because uh, especially in country music um, the fans can kind of see through it if it's not the case and we really like that somebody is who they are on stage and off stage we're just getting the real person right yeah I think you can smell that stuff from a mile away so uh, I don't think anyone's Mm. fooling anyone uh, when they're not (laughs) themselves and so uh, (laughs) I mean I I can respect those that are uh, you know, have their stage presence that might be a little different than, than who they are off stage. And, and it is putting on a show, you know, when you're playing and, and stuff like that. So good on you. If, if that's your, if that's your gig, absolutely go for it. I'm just, uh, I'm not fancy enough for that. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative enough for that. I'm just, I'll sing and write and play my guitar. That's, that's what you're going to get. So, Tyler, Joe, let's uh, talk for a moment about how Pillow Talking almost nearly wasn't a number one song. It was at the number two position, and it was one spin away. Uh, Songs have to get so many spins to reach certain spots, and in this case, one spin away from number one. Uh, Take the story from there and tell me how it all unfolded. (laughs) Going up against somebody like Luke Holmes featuring Eric Church, it was already a bit of a... A, uh, a mountain of a climb <laughs> to try to beat that. And, uh, yeah, so we we got the word. I, I think I woke up to text from my in the middle of the night because you guys are three hours ahead of me. And, uh, yeah, just saying that we got the number two. It's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, it's so close. But also it's like, holy crap, we hit number two. So I used to actually make jokes when I'd be on the road with, with Dale Peters, our, our radio king, and uh, I'd make jokes about, oh, yeah, the song's going top 20. Oh, yeah, it's going top 10. Oh, yeah, it's going top five. And just, like, making these jokes, and it just kept climbing and climbing, uh, just putting a little pressure. But uh, it was all jokes, and then all of a sudden we hit a top 20, and then we hit a top 10, and then we hit a top five, and it was just going, like, what is going on? But we uh, – yeah, when we got word of the number two, uh, I couldn't be anything but grateful. Uh, there is a bit of that, not disappointment, but going like, oh, man, like, you know, if we could have pushed just a little bit harder to get, you know, one more spin or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of that that tension there. But uh, I get this uh, call from, from Mitch being like, hey, uh, we need you on, on, a, on a call right now or in like five minutes or something like that. And I was like, Mitch, I'm working here. I got to spray a ceiling. <laughs> I was painting. And uh, he goes, no, no, we need you on a call now. And I was like, oh, fine, whatever. It was kind of like, I got work to do. And uh, and so I, uh, yeah, I got on the Zoom call and we're chitting, chatting stuff for a bit, but the whole label's there. I'm like, man, why is everybody on this call? What's going on? 
And then Mike, yeah, reveals the news and goes, yeah, like there was a stream that was missed for, uh, uh, for a live stream that I did that was aired on air. And he goes, you got the number one, buddy. And I think there's, there's video footage of, of that conversation. I didn't know, I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> like it didn't compute in my brain. It was like, no, but the billboards are out. Like that can't be changed. Like, what are you talking about? We missed a spin. Like, and so I think in the video, I literally say like, what? <laughs> it didn't really hit me until gosh, probably even weeks later where it was like, holy crap, we got a number one. <laughs> just cause it was, I was just riding on this high for a little bit of, of also like not really believing it. Cause it just seemed like such a bizarre situation. This is Tyler Joe Miller with his number one song, Pillow Talking, here on In the Country.
And that is Tyler Joe Miller from Surrey, B.C. The song is called Pillow Talking, and that reached the very top of the Canadian country charts not too long ago. Uh, he's followed it up with a brand new single, which we'll get to a bit later here on the show. Um, let's go into your influences you've mentioned before when we've talked uh, and during the live stream. Brad Paisley, I think Alan Jackson's in there, Kenny Rogers I read in your bio. And you mentioned a song by Brad Paisley, which I went and ended up listening to, called Raining You. And as you said, it is a beautiful song, and I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that, that's actually my favorite song in the whole world. Uh, there's, there's just something about it. It reminds me, uh, driving the back roads in my cabin when I used to have it on CD, <laughs> listening to it with my headphones on this, this concept and idea of missing somebody, but understanding them fully where, uh, you know, he's kind of explaining this kind of day, this rainy day and that she loved these kind of days. And, and there, there's just something there. There's so much texture in the songwriting. Yeah. Brad Paisley would be my main influence. I'd say, uh, you know, it's the first album I ever bought was, I think it was mud on the tires or fifth gear, one of the two. And, um, yeah, the, him and Garth Brooks was definitely another one that I, you know, knew all the songs, knew all of his lyrics and stuff like that growing up. Concerts that you've been to over the years, Tyler Joe, uh, any stand out, any, uh, you know, either made an impression on you or you picked something up from that artist on stage? Uh, it, it's probably going to be Paisley. Paisley is the best concert that I've seen. He's one of those guys that um, I think I take after him a little bit where you know, he's either super tongue in cheek or the complete opposite side of the spectrum where he'll be, you know, super soft and either sad or romantic and stuff like that. And, uh, there's not a whole lot in between, uh, which I think is, makes it fun. Um, but yeah, he's just got this, this vibe on stage and his presence and hopefully you enjoy it, but he's just out there ripping solos. His band is, is a part of the music, which I really appreciate because as country artists that aren't, you know, just bands. Uh, I feel like a lot of the musicians get kind of left in, you know, behind the scenes sort of thing. And they, they help create his sound and, and what he sounds like. And so uh, I love that he just, he incorporate, incorporates them quite a bit into his live shows. And so uh, I think that's really cool. And uh, something that I'd also love to uh, take after in that way. So definitely. We're going to talk about songwriting in a moment, but uh, Danik Dupel is the producer on your songs, both of them that are out. Uh, what is it like uh, in the studio and um, having Danik produce these songs and putting all his magic on them? Oh, man, the guy's a wizard on that soundboard. Like, he, holy smokes. Um, yeah, it was cool because uh, even Be Over Me too. Uh, when we wrote it, it was almost a bit more of like a mid-tempo or like, sad uh, like slow song a little bit and so uh, when we got in the studio uh, I remember because uh, I wrote the song with, with Kelly Archer who's one of the writers on Pillow Talking she's the one that pitched it to me and then Mitch Merritt uh, with MDM and so we um, wrote I'll Be Over Me Too and then when we got in the studio I remember Danik when alright we got a, we got the drum tracks uh, for for these songs and I want you to listen to I'll Be Over Me Too don't freak out just listen to it <laughs> and me and Danik like we knew each other a little bit we don't didn't know each other like a whole lot <laughs> but so um, I take a listen to it and it's this fast song and I was like oh, whoa wow. wrong song 
<laughs> wrong song. And he goes, no, 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 like, like just listen to it. We're going to add a bit more instruments to it, add a, you know, a little more furniture to the room, and, and you'll see it come together. And then judge if you like it or not. And so um, we did that, and all of a sudden it turned into this brand new song. And I heard it like a totally different way. And so he has this uh, just unreal talent to be able to hear different things in songs. And he can take a song that was, you know, this soft ballad or whatever it was to now this just like up-tempo, you know, 90s country twangy vibe, which is what I absolutely love. And so it was a really cool experience because we were able to bounce ideas off of each other. Let's uh, talk a bit about songwriting, and then we'll turn to a song that you are a co-writer on, your current single, I Would Be Over Me Too, uh, which is a clever hook. Let's talk about uh, what first inspired you to write songs. I mean, how far does it go back? Not too far back. I mean, growing up, I I didn't really play music growing up much. Um, I, I actually, growing up, I wanted to be an actor. That was my dream. Uh, I just, oh, cool. I loved acting and I love, you know, uh, I love videography and just like, you know, I would write plays <laughs> and things like, uh, you know, there was one time mm-hmm. in high school where, uh, we didn't have a play that we were going to do that year. And so, uh, we weren't going to put on one. And then I said, well, what if, what if I write one? And like, if, if, if it's good enough, can we do that? And then the teacher went, sure. And so me and a couple of buddies, we ended up writing this play and it was ridiculous and probably absolutely horrible. But, uh, <laughs> we ended up doing, doing this play that we wrote, but it was maybe mid, mid high school where I started playing, uh, guitar and I picked it up and, and, uh, you know, I, I learned some Zeppelin songs and some, some 41 and Metallica <laughs> And uh, we didn't really play uh, country music on it yet. It was just something, the country music was just what I, uh, what I knew and grew up with. But in my teenage years, it was, I was moving over into more of like the either classic rock or like new punk and that sort of stuff. But uh, just kind of as teenagers do. And uh, yeah, but then it was actually one time at, uh, at a church that some guy went, hey, do you know how to play guitar? And I went, yeah, it was when I started going to church uh, in, in high school. And, and I go, yeah, I know how to play guitar. I know Zeppelin. And he goes, perfect. Uh, good <laughs> enough. You know how to sing. And I went, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> I haven't really tried, I guess. And that's actually where I started kind of with music and started singing. And then um, I just, you know, it enjoyed other people's songs. Got some feelings and some ideas that I could, you know, mm-hmm. put out into songs and so I started writing in, in high school a little bit. And then it was after high school, um, in my early 20s, that I started getting a little more serious about music and uh, had a band uh, back in the day with a few buddies. And, and we'd go down and play the clubs and bars and stuff downtown. Uh, it was a bit more of like alternative rock sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed songwriting for that. Yeah, and so it, it kind of started around, around that time in my life. Uh, either like late high school, early twenties. That's when I got started getting inspired just to write music. And, uh, I don't exactly know where like the inspiration came from. It just, I think it just became a part of me and what I did. And I think it was easier for me to express things through music than through words. 
and then it turned into this somehow. <laughs> but it always just kind of interests me. I'm, I've always been like a storyteller. I love telling stories uh, any way possible. And, I, you know, I love music videos because I love videography uh, and, and be able to tell a story musically but also visually. And so, right. uh, yeah, I've always just been a storyteller, and I know I definitely get that from my dad. Uh, he tells a, a lot of them. The reason why I liked uh, the song Pillow Talking was because it it's a song of, I picture it as a, a, a tough guy trying to say I miss you without saying I miss you, which I think right. is really cool about lyrics and about songs is that you can say things without actually having to say things or say the certain thing that you're trying to say. And so there's ways around it, but uh you know, it's it's getting the same point across. And so it might be hard to say I miss you uh, to somebody, but, you know, you can say, you know, even with you gone, I'm haunted, I still hear your pillow talk. And so that's a way of expressing that feeling without actually having to say it. And so, um, yeah, I, I love that about music. I think that's amazing, and it hits on such a great point about songwriting, um, because it could be that uh, it's it's a more clever way to say it, um, to not directly say it, but it also could be sometimes that character in the song, you know, the, the singer, uh, maybe can't express his feelings, so he finds another way of saying it. And there are some clever songs written that way. There's an old George Jones song um, called She Thinks I Still Care. And in it, he's basically do, mm-hmm. saying all these things that he's doing that does show he cares, but he's basically saying, I wonder where she got that idea. Like, she thinks I still care. So it's, he's not coming out and saying it, but the song is revealing it, which is awesome. Yeah. Oh, totally. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's very therapeutic songwriting. And uh, there's a couple of us that, that write together here uh, in Vancouver, uh, or the Vancouver area, and uh, it's myself, uh, Dan Swinimer, unbelievable writer and producer, um, Wes Mack, another great artist and writer, mm-hmm. uh, and then our buddy Dave Faber, who uh, is from the band Faber Drive, and also just a great writer. And so uh, there's four of us that we, we all got kind of got together and decided that we just wanted to make music for the sake of making good music. It wasn't about writing hits. It wasn't about trying to write number ones. It was just, we want to, you know, make good, creative songs that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I remember the first one that we ever wrote, it was a song called Fighting. And I love that song. And the whole concept is basically about fighting with yourself to to become a better person. And uh, talking about those struggles and being open about those struggles. and and yeah and when we finished that song we all kind of went holy crap we feel like we just went through therapy (laughs) because you're (laughs) able to open yourself up uh through music uh to these ideas and 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 yeah and kind of break down some walls while you're doing it and so uh yeah I, i think songwriting is definitely a therapeutic thing especially if you're pulling from your own experiences well, let's turn to I Would Be Over Me Too, which is your brand new single just released not too long ago to country radio. So people are starting to get to know the song. And again, uh, they can request it at their local country station from Tyler Joe Miller. And they can stream and purchase it and add it to playlists. But uh, tell me about the song. Of course, you're a writer on it. Uh, tell me about the writing experience on this one. This one was cool. We got in, in, uh, in the room with, with Kelly and Mitch and... 
and we kind of bounced some ideas off each other and uh you know we had a few different ideas um i came with a few and mitch and kelly all did and um yeah we we sort of had a few different ideas bouncing around and then kelly brought up this title she goes i've I've got this title that i've been you know sort of wanting to use and i think that we could write something cool with it it's called i would be over me too and i just went oh crap i know exactly what this is going to be about (laughs) and so uh i was actually still going through a time of uh you know i i hadn't been fully over a breakup or an ex of mine somebody that you know i was very serious about and uh but she had, you know, just recently, I think at the time she got engaged or something like that. And so, um, yeah, she was engaged at that time. And it was sort of one of those things where it was like, I know that I have to get over this. Uh, I just haven't yet. And uh, this song sort of helped do that in a way where instead of, uh, you know, one of those feel sorry for me sort of sad breakup songs, it was like, you know what? Like, I don't blame her at all. I would be over me, too, <laughs> because you know, I was the one that wouldn't come or, you know, wouldn't push things forward, that sort of thing. And so it was kind of going like, man, maybe I was the problem in that. And so uh, there's something freeing in that, which I really like about the song, where uh, I think it gives people permission to be able to admit those things and then also gives them the chance to move on and be happy with the person. And mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're probably going to end up with somebody that's better for you as well. And so there's silver linings in it. Breakup songs don't always have to be angry or sad. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I think this song brings a whole different perspective of, it's a bit more of a quirky perspective of like, yeah, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> like, it's all right. <laughs> and so, but you know, the song is, the, the guy's still not over, but it's like, well, you know, <laughs> I can't really complain. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, and so it, it was cool to be able to pull from uh, experience and stuff because when she brought the title, I went, hell, I've got the whole song written for you. <laughs> you know, here's here's my experiences. And so, uh, yeah, so it, it was a really cool experience right now. It is a great uh, perspective on the subject because it's not always that the person, the character, the singer of the song realizes, you know, all the stuff they did wrong and would admit that I'd be over me too, things I didn't do. Um, so that is a great, uh, the, the character uh, being you, I'm calling it a character, I guess, because the song can be kind of, um, you know, about, about somebody, but uh, that person realizes the mistakes they made. So it's a real self-realization song. Exactly. Yeah. There's another therapeutic one. <laughs> That's right. That's amazing. Well, let's check out the song now. It's brand new from my guest, Tyler Joe Miller. This is I Would Be Over Me Too on In the Country. Just what happens when you break a good girl's heart She's 
orgasm was falling in love eyes. The last time I saw them, they were looking in mine. I hate she looks so happy with someone else. I still wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it for myself. And that is Surrey, B.C.'s Tyler Joe Miller. The song is I Would Be Over Me Too. And uh, you can find it everywhere great music streams. You can purchase it and request it at your local country station. Uh, and before we wrap up here, you do some great humanitarian work. Um, and you've talked to me about it before. Uh, tell me about the great work that you're doing and uh, continue to do. And in fact, uh, what you've put together is the Climb Outreach Society. Yeah, we... Uh there's me and, and a couple of buddies of mine, Johnny and Dan, that that uh, have been putting this nonprofit together, uh, and we're still we're still uh, you know creating an app and website and stuff for online things, which is where we want to fully move to. Um, but right now, we've just been getting our our hands dirty on the ground uh, in Central America and Guatemala, and that's sort of been where that's where we started. Uh, the whole idea was we saw um, a gap between good nonprofits and organizations that are doing really good things and taking huge chunks of donations for themselves. Um, And then uh, people that want to give money, but maybe don't necessarily trust these big organizations or, uh, you know, don't trust that their money is going where they say it's going to. And so I think there's a big loss of, uh, of trust and transparency um, within a lot of these organizations. And so our idea was we wanted to find really good nonprofits. We don't want to start something new. We want to partner with people because there's already really good organizations doing really good things. And so we wanted to help bridge that gap between those that have money and the organizations that are doing really good things. And we want to build back trust and transparency. And so um, basically what we want to do is crowdfund for humanitarian projects around the world. Mm-hmm. And so our, our site or our app would be a central location where 
um, people can see partners, uh, an organization that we're with and projects that we're doing, and they can give money straight to those things. And, you know, we're not taking a dime of their donations, you go straight to the organizations, uh, and straight to the projects and, uh, and they get to actually see the progress of those projects move. And so they can see, you know, from the dirt to the roof, <laughs> if we're building a house or a school, whatever it is. Right on. Uh, yeah, and they can see, you know, who's giving and how, you know, how much money still needs to be done with these projects. And so we also want to help bring people together where multiple people can give to projects and they sort of do it together in a way, which is sort of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the last, I think, four years now, uh, I've just been strictly in Guatemala and it started with, uh, you know, doing a church trip or a couple church trips and, uh, I was doing that for a couple of years and then that, uh, church ended up, uh, stopped partnering with the organization in Guatemala. And so, uh, I realized that, you know, the, the, the long-term relationship is super important. I don't necessarily agree with just the short, you know, volunteerism trips where, uh, you know, you're not as invested in the communities. I think it's really important to be invested in the communities. Uh, and so we actually sponsor two villages down there and we go back and forth every year uh, to the same ones. And we do oh, wow. more things and, and help them in ways to help them become self-sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and so that's the whole idea is, is transforming these villages and not just like going in to put on a Band-Aid. It's like we want to help them help themselves. And so... Um, yeah, these communities are just amazing. The most grateful people I've ever met. Um, the people that have the least, you know, have the biggest hearts we find. And so, uh, mm-hmm. we're just so happy to be helping these people and, and see our sponsor kids grow up and we get to actually hang out with our sponsor kids, which is cool. Um, and yeah, and so we do, we do building projects. Um, we do, uh, baby rescues with the organization down there, which is for malnourished children. We get them the medical attention that they need. Uh, and get them back to health and then teach their families uh, proper nutrition value and all that stuff. We have the organization that we partner with down there is called Hope of Life. And so they have unbelievable professionals and nurses and doctors that, that do this stuff with us. Um, or we go alongside of them really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and now we've like set up like a, like a high school sponsorship for kids that aren't able to pay for school. Cause you can only go up to grade six, I think in school without, pain and then you have to pay after that so a lot of kids don't even make it to high school because their families can't pay for it and so uh yeah we're just kind of doing a bunch of different things down there and that's sort of i love music but that's my main passion music comes after that um but i'm trying to be able to merge the two in a way uh where i sort of want to build a platform for myself where i can Mm -hmm use that uh, to help people in Guatemala or influence people to help with organizations like this. doesn't have to be ones that we partner with, but like just getting the word out there to like, like you can make a difference. That is pretty amazing, Tyler, Joe, the difference that you're making doing all that, the big difference in those lives and uh, that you're there for the long term. Great to hear about that. And I know we can, uh, can we head to a website or somewhere online to read more about uh, the Climb Outreach Society? If people want to get connected, they can, you know, find me on socials and and ask all they want and I can help, you know, uh, bring people in. But uh, we're still setting up our online presence in that way, which 
unfortunately, you know, it, it takes a while to do that, but uh, we were more worried sure. about, you know, getting, getting things done on the ground than online yet. So that exactly. Uh, That's the priority. <laughs> Absolutely. The hard work yeah. you're doing. Uh, so great to hear about that, Tyler Joe, and so great to have you here to uh, talk about and play the brand new single, I Would Be Over Me Too, and of course, the number one smash, Pillow Talking. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Happy to anytime. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Great chatting. My guest once again has been Tyler Joe Miller. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.